My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. and I met in 2007. It was CIA orientation. We were both newly recruited undercover intelligence officers. We had different specialties, different backgrounds, but we found ourselves in the same place at the same time for this orientation class. We made friends relatively quickly, and I will never forget that the first time that I asked her out, she said yes. And she was clearly excited that I asked her out. And I don't mean that because I'm I'm uh, arrogant or overconfident. I mean that because no girl is ever obviously excited when I ask her out. So the fact that this one was so excited suggested to me that there was something special going on. Dating someone undercover when you're both undercover is actually not as easy as you would expect it to be. So we spent about two years dating and getting to know each other before we really got serious. And it's that story, it's that moment that we got serious that I want to share with you today. You see, the year's 2009, and my then-girlfriend, now-wife, Jihee, was sent on mission to Central America. And where she was going was not a good place. She was going to an area that we all knew was dangerous. And when she told me that she didn't know when she would be back, I kind of took it in stride. That was a conversation that we were used to having. Sometimes I would travel, sometimes she would travel. We knew that we wouldn't be in contact with each other very often. And we didn't always know when the other one would come back. But this trip was different because When she left, I fell into my normal routine whenever she traveled. But for whatever reason, one evening as I'm sitting on the couch, eating my dinner, drinking a beer, whatever I was doing, I had this thought creep into my head. And the thought was, what should I do tomorrow? What do I want to do tomorrow with my free time? And I had no idea. I had no idea what to do the next day. And it was kind of a strange thought because I I tend to have a pretty busy social calendar. And I started to dig into how I didn't know what I was going to do. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that it wasn't that I didn't know what to do the next day. The question that I was actually asking myself in my head was, what would I do tomorrow if I didn't get this girl back? The thought that stopped me in my tracks was how would I live my life if Jihee never came back from this assignment? And that was a powerful thought. And I realized that the fact that I couldn't imagine life without her meant that I was committed. And this is important because I was not committed to her. I was committed to myself. I was committing myself to a life with this woman. 
Now, up until this moment, we had both kind of played down marriage. It seemed like it was really convoluted and a very difficult thing for us to pursue with our given careers. It seemed overrated. The list goes on and on. It's very common now in our culture that people put off marriage or ignore marriage or avoid marriage altogether. So to have this thought and then come to the conclusion that I needed to get married was an unexpected change. But regardless, I immediately jumped into planning the engagement. And it took me about six months before I got everything in motion. Uh, but I was very excited when one day I was able to take this beautiful girl and walk her through uh, Washington, D.C. so we could see the cherry blossoms. I was able to surprise her with her parents and surprise her with my parents and propose under the cherry blossoms on the shore of the Jefferson Memorial in 2009. It's all very romantic sounding. But what we're here to talk about isn't my proposal. We're here to talk about the power of commitment. Commitment is the reason that soldiers storm machine gun nests. It's the reason that spies serve under impossible odds. Now, as a parent, I realize that commitment is the reason that parents sacrifice years of wonderful sleep in exchange for these screaming, ungrateful little babies that just eat and poop and cry. And somehow at the end of all of it, we think that it's worth it. Because here's the dirty little truth about commitment. Commitment is not fun. Commitment is not enjoyable. But commitment is rewarding. And that feeling of reward is significantly more powerful than the feeling of simple fun or simple enjoyment. That's how I felt that night on the couch as I realized that I couldn't imagine life without Jihee. It's how we all feel when we come in contact with that feeling of commitment to something we care about. Think about it for yourself. Do you remember achieving something? Maybe it was in childhood. Maybe it was in adolescence. Maybe it's in your adulthood. At some point, there was something that you had to commit yourself to, some achievement that you couldn't reach without committing yourself to the work and the learning and the toil to make it happen. And then, do you remember how it felt when you finally achieved what you had committed to? I'm willing to bet that the process itself was not fun. It's not fun to train for a marathon. It's not fun to prepare a wedding. It's not fun to uh, go through bud school and become a SEAL. These are not fun things to do. But when you complete the mission, when you achieve what you have committed yourself to, that feeling is immensely powerful. And for those of you who do remember what that feeling feels like, if you had to go back and give up the commitment and save yourself the pain and exchange it for fun and enjoyment along the way, would you do it? My guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, the answer is no. You would never give it up. You see, commitment is what differentiates good from great. It's what differentiates mediocrity from masterclass. It's what separates the okay from the outstanding. It's commitment. Elite performers in the field or in the boardroom, they all understand that commitment is a key advantage over the competition. And there's a reason for that advantage. 
because our culture has been conditioned not to value commitment, but to value something else. We have somehow started to mistake commitment for comfort. We think that comfort is the most important thing. We like to live inside our comfort zone. We like to do things that make us comfortable. We like to seek a life of ease and comfort. We study subjects that will get us a good job, not subjects that we care about. People take jobs that come with high paychecks and don't fulfill them at all. Some people even get married because we think that we can live with the person instead of marrying someone that we can't live without. That's the difference between commitment and comfort. Now, I recently started something called Operation Real-Time. And Operation Real-Time is an immersive multi-mode training scenario that I'm hosting through the podcast, through my various social media feeds, through my website at everydayspy.com. And it's based off of a real just-in-time learning scenario, the kind of experience that elite services around the world use to train their intelligence officers. Operation Real-Time is something that has never been done before in the public. It's something that is reserved for elite units because there's so much psychological battery that goes into those elite training services that we know people can handle the pressure, people can handle the complexity. But what I'm doing is making that available to the public through things like social media and through the open internet. So I knew that it would be difficult. It's never been done before for the public. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy for me, and it most certainly isn't easy for anyone who's participating. And I didn't kick this thing off. I didn't start Operation Real-Time because I wanted it to be comfortable. I launched it because I am committed to teaching a new way of thinking to those people who are equally as committed to learning it. Now, I've started getting feedback back from various channels and various people who are participating. And a lot of the feedback that I get is actually negative feedback. I do hear some people say that they're having fun, but for the most part, the people who are participating remain quiet. The people who are giving me feedback are people who are telling me that they're not comfortable with what's happening. They don't like having to having to work on multiple social media platforms. They don't like that there isn't a single place where they can go get all the information at one time. They're worried about missing an update. They're worried about uh, sharing their email address. These are all valid concerns. But the thing is, if you're looking for comfortable, you're never going to find the kind of power that comes from commitment. Now, in tandem with these folks who are asking for Uh, opportunities for me to make things more comfortable. I'm also seeing droves of people who are going outside of their comfort zone, people who are opening all new social media accounts. I've even seen people opening Instagram and Facebook accounts that are brand new, dedicated to just Operation Real-Time. This shows a level of critical thinking, a level of commitment, a level of executional, uh, executionary intelligence that really warms my heart. This shows me that people are learning and applying what we've talked about in season one to Operation Real-Time. More than that, I'm seeing 
a diverse group of people participate. People from around the world, people logging in from Japan, people logging in from Saudi Arabia, people logging in from Argentina and the United States, Canada, the list goes on and on. I've seen high schoolers engage and participate. I've seen Gen Xers engage and participate. I've seen people have conversations about Operation Real Time where there's 50 years of age difference between them. In the world that we live in, the only time that you see that kind of conversation happen is largely between people within a family. It's hard to get a millennial and a Gen Xer to sit down and talk about anything collegially in most work environments, but here we have Operation Real Time on social media, open to the public, and here you have constructive dialogue happening across educational divides, across generational divides, across experiential divides. That's the power of commitment. Comfort doesn't change anything. But commitment has the power to change lives. Now, our world is built right now to keep you comfortable. If you like to be comfortable, there's nothing wrong with you. If you seek comfort, there's nothing wrong with you. It's absolutely normal to think and feel that way because our world is built that way. We try to encourage people to feel comfortable. We try to encourage people to seek out comfort. And there's a reason. Because comfortable people spend money. Comfortable people stay quiet. Comfortable people are easy to control. They're slow to ask questions. They're slow to change. Comfort is control. But if you're trying to build something new, if you're trying to make a change, if you're trying to instigate a new challenge to the status quo, you can't let yourself become comfortable. If you recognize that there's an endless cycle of monotony around you and you watch as your peer group continues to fall into that monotony every day, you can't let yourself become comfortable. There is only one key to breaking out of that comfort zone, and that key is being committed. Committed to something that you care about. The world will throw all sorts of things at you that they want you to commit to. People want you to commit to environmentalism. People want you to commit to uh, f- to animal cruelty protection, and people want to commit you against wars, and people want to commit you to voting for this party, and people want to commit you to... There's a million things out there that people will voluntarily commit you to. But there are only a few things in your heart, in your mind, that you want to commit to. That is the key. Commit. Commit yourself to those things that you know make you shine bright. Commit to what you care about. Commit to yourself. And when you make that commitment, act on it. That is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everybody will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. I have so much more to share with you. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, www.everydayspy.com. And if you are up for a special challenge, check out Operation Real Time and let me take you on an authentic spy training mission. Above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.